Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along, check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, my finest up friends. Welcome to... It's Boxing Day, Boxing Day, Boxing Day. Or is it Christmas Eve, Eve? No, New Year's Eve, 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 Eve. I don't know. I don't know which one it is. But this is a Rahalastapa compilation... Of all the sexiest guests we had. Today I've decided just to put all the sexy ones on. Uh, and uh, you can enjoy them as you will. As you always do. I am sure. Um, yeah, what we're doing is just some of the best bits of chat from 2023. Put together by the wonderful Ben Evans. Put together by the wonderful Chris Evans. Let's not forget... Ben Walker, to whom I'm indebted, and George the Incompetent Salmon, and all the crew who do the filming, uh, Kathleen McKeegan, everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre especially, but we did record a lot of shows this year elsewhere, many of which have not gone out yet. You've got some crackers to look forward to in 2024. Anyway, the first throwback to 2023 for today is my friend, and not your friend probably, she might be, it's Tanya Moore. Uh, let me ask you some... Look, we get, we're having a, a good time. I'm not asking you any emergency questions. I'm going to ask you some uh, early emergency questions. I want to know, Tanya, yeah. have you ever seen a ghost? No. Oh. I've seen one in the form of an ex-boyfriend, but not like an actual Casper one. 
What, what, an ex-boyfriend ghosting you or... Is... No, as in, oh my God, what are you doing here? You look horrible. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh my God, did I? Like, you know, like that. <laughs> you know? Um, she knows. <laughs> let's go. We're going to go early. What is your favourite cheese? Is question seven in this book. God in heaven. Oh my God. You got a favourite cheese? I, I think it's called... Wellesleydale? Wensleydale. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Wensleydale. With cranberry bits inside of it? Yeah, yeah, you can get one with cranberry. Wow, like that? Oh, my God, it's got me by the nipples, that has. Really? That on some crackers, yes, please. Not a bit claggy for you. I find Wensleydale a bit claggy. Really? Yeah, a little bit. How thick do you cut it? <laughs> I don't tend to eat it. I don't really like Wensleydale. I mean, oh. I'd eat it, but I don't like it. Ah, what's it's yours? most cheese. I like alumi, but Bob Mortimer told me that wasn't a cheese. Isn't it? It is, is but he doesn't count it as a cheese because he feels it's... Well, because it's sort of, you know, rubbery and... I like it because it makes a sound, but he says that's that's not enough. You like it because it makes a sound? You eat it, it squeaks, doesn't it? What? And it tastes nice. Does halloumi have a whop? What are you saying? You eat it and it squeaks. What is the next question, Richard? (laughs) (laughs) I like cheddar. I like cheddar. I should say that. Cheddar's good. Well, I'm from cheddar, I've got to say it. Oh, well. There's only one place that makes cheddar cheese and cheddar gorge. I was just there the other day. I have to tell you, I'm not happy with uh, cheddar caves. They've chained Cox's Cave into, like, a caveman adventure, which is not historically accurate. And also, they're not showing the beautiful... It's a beautiful cave. They've covered it. It's very impressive technology, but I'm I'm furious. (laughs) Not like in the old well, days when I was. Know. I was in. I went to Cheddar Caves and I bought. It's eighty fucking quid to buy four tickets for all of my family, and then my kids, my son, went into Cox's Cave and went. I don't like it. And we had to leave straight away. No. He, when he, my my wife took him out, so me and my daughter went round. Um, and when I bought the I bought the tickets, I said, "Oh, I used to work because I used to work in Cheddar Caves." Oh, and nice. I thought I thought she might go. Oh well. Oh, you don't have to pay, sir. She said, oh, that's interesting. And so, what is it like? And this, was that in the, did you Not do, even a discount. Did you do to us? No discount. And then another guy came in. He said, are you Richard Herring? I went, yeah. He went, bloody hell, this is amazing. This is like local royalty. Do I get a discount? No. No. <laughs> I thought you were going to say she at least offered a T-shirt. <laughs> nothing. Got nothing to get. We paid for our little bit. They, got, they bought some little bits of rot. Anyway, look. <laughs> what they've done to Cox's game. Now, my son wouldn't go into Goff's cave, so that was a waste of money. Then we went into the museum, and he was scared of the skeleton. <gasps> How old your son? 28 years old. That's the terror thing. That's the terror. <laughs> he's, um, I mean, he could be. He's, uh, he's five. He's five. Okay. Five. Thank you. Thanks for the setup. <laughs> um, uh, uh, what's the best thing you've ever done in the rain? Oh. Someone just said sex. Sex. Have you had sex in the rain? Let's get that person up. I'd go inside if it was... the best thing I've done in the rain? Would you have sex in the rain? If it was raining, I'd go inside, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not that... I mean, it depends what surface you're on as well. you know what? I just had a really mad moment. What? Normally, I would say yes. Yeah. Purely based on my hair. Okay. But I don't have any anymore. (laughs) So I might fuck in the rain tomorrow. Okay, good. (laughs) If you see me in the rain tomorrow naked, mind your business. This is this is where the idea came from. I see. I my rain story is again from school, and this is me not getting involved with stuff. My friend, it's like pissing down rain, and all my friends went out into the rain and danced in the rain with girls. Wow! I was about seventeen, and I I was sensible and didn't want to get wet and stayed in the doorway watching them. 
And that was the, the biggest regret of my youth. No, I, I always... People dance. who do that, I'm like, why are you... It's, it's literally the embodiment of being like, hi, pneumonia, I'm going to be outside in about three minutes. Do you want to come? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Why are you inviting pneumonia into your life? Yeah. Dancing in the rain. Yeah. In the pouring rain. Yeah, but it was, you know... No hat. <laughs> no, there was no hat. They got wet. <laughs> they had to spend, presumably spend the rest of the school day in their wet clothes. What? I was very sensible. I was a sensible, good young boy. Is that another way of saying I didn't have friends? I didn't have many friends. <laughs> My dad was the headmaster. Um, it was a terrible, terrible time. But he made part of the strawberry line, so, you know. <laughs> Fantastic Tanya Moore there. Uh, this person I've known for a very long time, this next guest. Uh, she's been on uh, two or three times on the podcast. Uh, I've lived with her. She's licked the back of my neck. She's a wonderful woman. It's Jenny Eclair. I just want to tell you, when I was searching for Jenny Eclair, yeah. uh, related searches come up. Oh. Right, you're not going to like this. Uh, this first related search is Jenny Eclair Young. So people are looking... People, oh, people are wondering, looking at photos of me when I was yeah, younger. I think trying to work out if you were ever young or... <laughs> I guess you go on a lot about how good looking you, which you know you were. I was, I was a corker. I was, I was. And you still very, are, Jenny. But no, I was, I was a very beautiful woman. From yeah. there was a sort of slice of a, a sort of window of opportunity yeah. when I was really stunning, <laughs> uh, and the combination, the combi- the magical combination, it was smoking, and yoga. And I really must take up smoking again. <laughs> because, I, honestly, I was absolutely... I've, as I said, I've been looking at these old photos. I'm almost unrecognisable. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, who's this absolute stunning fucking beauty? <laughs> I look at my partner and I think, well, you know, we've been together 40 years. He's turned into a sort of Toby jug. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know, I've been... You know, Jeff, you know, uh, we've been together yeah. for 40 years. He's quite enigmatic. He never comes to see my shows. He came once and it was a disaster and he thought he was a jinx. And he's <laughs> But he's, he's in his 70s now. And he's very distinguished. He's got a lot of white hair and all the moustache and beards and all that sort of thing. Uh, and he is so much that type of looking bloke that just before Christmas last year, he was approached on the street by the local primary school <laughs> to be their father Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the way to get a Father Christmas for your primary school, I have to say. That's a very dangerous way to go. There's not just approach men on... Bearded men on the streets. Yeah, yeah. And then a parade a load of kids to sit on his knee. Yeah, but no, he'd be safe. Well, well, I, I have to say, that I tweeted about it earlier, that I feel like someone sent me a picture of me and Fist of Fun, and it's absolutely... Oh. I can't imagine that's the same person. You were fetal. I'm I mean, so young. So young. I, I was not good-looking, but I was young. Yeah, well, yeah. You've aged well, actually, <laughs> out of all of us. You have aged the best because you've got good hair. You've got good hair. You've got a mane still. I do. Yeah. Disney. You are Leoness. <laughs> I am. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. <laughs> but the second search, to take away from my beautiful hair, um, related lots. search is Jenny Claire Young, Jenny Claire, Heidi High. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Second. A, listen, she gets it as well. Port, Sue Pollard, right, she gets stopped and people say, oh, I thought you were great in Taskmaster. And um, the difference is, right, she's ten years older than me, <laughs> for fucking starters. She's got good legs, she's got really good thin dancer's legs, right, and she can sing. Yeah. I have the legs of a fat miniature dachshund. <laughs> and... Um, I can't sing. Right. So it's very easy 
to know which is which. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's meant someone to get the point where they've got your name. It's not like the girl from Heidi High. Jenny Claire. Heidi High, I'm convinced. Yeah, I know, I know. And people think they're really fucking funny when they tweet me. They said, oh, I thought you were Sue Pollard. Yeah, blah, blah, fucking fish I'm bored shitless of that. Thank you very much to Jenny and uh, another newer comedian. Very funny indeed. Ola Labib, ladies and gentlemen. So you have, you know, you've been doing bits and pieces of TV, and uh, I guess I was the we mentioned the Emily Atak show. Yeah, it's very interesting you mentioned that. Yeah, well, one, I got it I've off IMDb. Been. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't watch Nor that. Nor have I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to watch that. Um, she's been a she was a guest on the show before. She's a lovely, lovely young woman, doing incredibly well. Um, is, is there is there more stuff in the in the pipeline? You're obviously working on your own ideas, but maybe not getting yeah. anywhere with them. And I was on um, House of Games, Richard Osman's yeah. House of Games. Yeah, I saw week. you tweeting about that. Yes, yeah. I can't. You can't say how you did. No, but I can say that I've got a new suitcase for when I go oh, on holiday. You got the, you got the suitcase. <laughs> the suitcase is the one. No, I bought a suitcase from Primark. <laughs> Got nothing to do with the show. No, I never. I didn't win the suitcase. I won everything else. Uh, but um, <laughs> I was the opposite. <laughs> I didn't win anything else. Yeah. But my worry with the suitcase would be if someone sees it. If I saw one of those coming around the carousel, I'd absolutely. <laughs> <nick> that. <laughs> so you're losing all your stuff because the suitcase is too good. Some suitcases now are so expensive. You kind of think. Like, if I buy that suitcase, someone's just going to take the suitcase. That's like a £1,000. You say that, like... um, So I live next door to uh, my um, mum. I don't know if I told you about that trauma in my life. Um, uh, And, um, you know... I don't know why. I'll take it off her, but she also has a spare key. (laughs) So, you you know, you could be doing anything as you were just, like, wondering, hello! Ooh! (laughs) I'll come back, shall I? Yes, mum, you can come back. Um, but she came in, she saw the suit, she saw the suitcase, and she was like, Oh, you've got too many suitcases. I'm like, it's not a plan of your fucking business how many suitcases I have. And she was like, Oh, I don't think you have space for it, get rid of it. And then my younger brother was like, Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like there's involvement in your life, and then there's someone monitoring how many suitcases you have in your house. Um but I was. She was like, "Oh, just get rid of it," or like. And then my brother was like, "Oh, that's a rich, that's a Richmond, um, Richard Osman suitcase. Uh, they, they can go for like five hundred quid on eBay." Oh, yeah, my at least, God. at least. Is is that actually true? I would have thought so. You know, people would pay a lot of money for that stuff. I, I was going to, I was going to uh, eBay. I got the um, what is it? The cheap what? Fondue set. I've got the fondue set. Oh, I really had my but, eye on that one. But it the just, cheese fondue, right? Yeah. Oh, I had my eye on that. But it was just a fondue. It didn't have Richard Osman's... When they sent it to me, it didn't have Richard Osman's face on it. Oh. It was just a... Like, to be honest, the first... I was, I'm a champion of champion of House of Games. <laughs> just let you know. So the first time I was on, I won quite a few things. And then they, I got, like, two... I got the cup and something else through the post. And I said, where's the other things? And they, 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 I got the Richard Osman doll lost in the post. That the fondue set turned up, but it wasn't like the proper fondue set. So, and then, then it was all mysterious. But I got the cup. That's the main thing. Uh, so yeah. So I, there was. So then I, I had to. I got the Richard Osmond doll a second time. So well, I've won two Richard Osmond dolls. But I've only got one. And did you sell one of them? No. I've, I, I, Richard, I said I was going to put it on uh, on eBay, and Richard Osmond tweeted me said that is not the that is not the done thing. <laughs> I was going to do it for charity, I think. But Richard Osmond hates. Anyone else having money except him? <laughs> <laughs> he wants all the money. 
He seems very affable, doesn't he? But all he's doing is writing these books, knowing just all eventually all the money comes to him. Let me tell you, no tweet from Richard Osman will stop me selling that suitcase <laughs> for 500 quid, I'm telling you right now. But people will, you know, people... And I've got, like, a, I've got a Taskmaster trophy. Oh, we all know I've about that, a, Richard. I've got a champion, a champion's Taskmaster trophy, which is taking up a lot of room in my house. So if I'm moving, I'm going <laughs> to have to get rid of it. So, yeah, I think those things could go for... I think people have sold the... Ta- I think people have done charity things and sold the Taskmaster ones. But I think you're looking at thousands rather than 500. <gasps> I would say... I'd say I, we could do an auction now. Okay, and, please, I, bet, I bet these... The people of New Milton. It got, people have spent... People have bought these fucking mugs for 150 quid. These do you know what? He just mugs. gave me one. I think yeah. I'm just making 650 quid today. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're laughing. It's all going to be good. Um, I love... Do you, you got into House of Games uh, too late because Osman's... You're married and Osman's married, but he was using it as a dating service, essentially. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm very upset that... I'm actually genuinely upset as well. I was on twice and he didn't... I didn't get a fucking sniff. <laughs> I, hung around, I hung around for ages after the first time drinking beer. I was the only one who hung around. Didn't, didn't even get a snog off him. Oh, do you know what? He's, he's like... He's, he's, he's a handsome chap and he's he really tall and... Was yeah. I wearing my wedding ring on that day? <laughs> I don't think... I just... He wasn't into me. He just, just forgot. Um, yeah, he's a nice guy. He's a lovely guy. Yeah, really, really nice guy. Something will come out. Something will come out. <laughs> he's too nice, isn't he? Something will come out. I hope it does. <laughs> oh, then my trophies won't be worth it. <laughs> Imagine if he comes out and I've got a trophy with his face on it. <laughs> People coming around. I've got a fucking suitcase with his face on it. I mean, it's more... Greg Davis more likely, to be fair. <laughs> um, more likely. They'd both be forgiven. Everyone loves them. <laughs> um, let's move. See, so I told you backstage sometimes like, things can get a bit too giddy and we have to cut things out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I my, 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 pro- my producer might have some problems. <laughs> problems oh, with that. Dear. Um, that was Ola. And now, again, someone I've lived with in Enbury hasn't licked my neck as far as I know, but he didn't wash up his porridge pot. Uh, maybe we'll find out why in this upcoming clip. It's Colin Holt. And, oh, and all the Ricky Gervais things, you're in all the... Yeah, yeah. Ricky, I won't watch them on principle, but they fair are... Enough, fair enough. <laughs> watch my, there is a clip of my bloopers, just yes. go for that. Okay, I'll watch that. If you must. No, no, no. Well, they, they, yeah, I mean, to be honest, working with Ricky Gervais is, is the most fun. Because yeah. it's like, he, you know, obviously in life, uh, as an actor, uh, not in life, but as an actor or a writer or a comedian, you've got to get through gatekeepers all the time, haven't you? You're always trying to convince people yeah. you're... There's something about you, or there's a worth getting me in, and he's just like you're really funny, and you can improvise stuff. Just go. Do you know what I mean there's no? Yeah. And and he's, you know, all those people like Al Murray and so on have, have believed in me, you know, and other people sort of don't see that or whatever. But he's the one who's the most who just 100 yeah. percent gives me free reign, you know. And I've been told they're like the most successful sitcoms in the world by Ricky Gervais on Twitter. Sure, yeah, yeah, just yeah. Constant, just yeah. constantly. Nobody, nobody's perfect, <laughs> but, you know, but they are, yeah. yeah. They are. Yeah. So do you get um, recognised a lot from... from the, you, you, quite uh, from those ones. Um, Afterlife, presumably. Think, must... Do you know what, Richard? I'm such a chameleon. I think that's why <laughs> no one recognises me. Because um, I transform so much. You know? A lot of people recognise me from the training videos. But uh, no, <laughs> I, think, but no the, 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 I had a thing in, in the Afterlife where I play this very camp sort of Amdram guy. Yeah. You know, which I do yes. anyway. I was basically doing that through the pandemic with my Anna Man character on Zoom. So I was just ready to go. Yeah. Let's go. 
Um, I was so much fun. But um, I have seen that clip where, seen that you, where you improvise. There's a bit where I talk about taking it up the ass. <laughs> but I go, my choice, like that, right? <laughs> Which I really enjoyed doing because it was just... And then that was on the blooper. So quite a lot of people shout that at me <laughs> sometimes. Can you say, but I did, it's a bit weird, isn't it? People go a bit mad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, I remember you talking about this years ago, or hearing you talk about this, the, the moon on the stick thing. And yeah. all that, but, but, like, um, and obviously, don't, but, like, these guys came, I was with my kids at a, a pub, and these, um, these guys go, oh, can you do a video? We love that bit in Afterlife. You know, can you go, my, my dad's your big, biggest fan of that. Can you go, my choice? And I was like, oh, I was a bit, you know, being a bit betwixt, like, oh, okay, <laughs> if I must. You know, like, enjoying it, basically. Really lapping it up. Um, <laughs> it was like mum's friends were back. And, uh, and uh, so I did, oh, well, my joys. You know? <laughs> you know. And then we went on this, and then they went, oh, thank you. And I went off. And then I went on this little boat. You could get a boat. It was by this sort of country pub where you could get on a boat and go yeah. up and down with my kids, right? So I took them on this boat. And then they, like, followed us. And, like, went on this bridge. And they were, like, going, my choice! <laughs> and I was like, fuck off. And then, but then they all jumped in the river. Like, like it sent them mad. Do you yes. know what I mean? They got so excited. Couple of going, and this girl was just going, my choice! My choice! My choice! Like, they couldn't remember why or what. Yeah. And I say, stop. Please stop. My yeah. children are here. <laughs> it must be really weird with it kids. Was really it has weird. a good luckily. You were like, Daddy, what's happening? <laughs> it doesn't really happen. There was yeah, one anyway, time in, uh, there was mad, one time right. in, like, around, it was a few years after Fist Fun, but not many years after Fist Fun. And I was, I'd gone to Bath with this girl I was seeing. We're having a restaurant. And then these young kids, I can't remember, I can't even remember all the details of this, but these young kids saw me through the window and were like waving and just messing around. They'd obviously yeah, yeah. recognised me and liked me. But yeah. they got, they then sort of... Obviously like me. Well, yeah. they like, they were like, it was sure, like they sure, were, yeah, yeah. it was like they were being fans. Yeah. But then they sort of came into the restaurant. Oh, right, yeah. And they were, and they were still messing around. I don't know, but it feels like a dream because I'm thinking, why didn't someone... Tell them they went aloud in the restaurant, yeah. but they were sort of I sort of ignored. Nobody's them coming to save me. <laughs> I won't get save me. I ignored them, but they were sort of sitting in the restaurant and me, and barracking me. Were they all getting food? I, just... I can't remember. They must have done. They must have got yeah. a table. And then I went to the loo. And oh two... no, we're just here to see Richard. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the loo, and two of the men followed me to the loo. Oh, and so I went into the cubicle, and they said, "Oh, I hate it when guys are so scared of their tiny penis, they have to go in the, the cubicle." But I was sort of—it was really strange. Yeah. And then I lost my temper with them. And then the other—I remember a guy said to me, "Oh, you were doing really well with that." And then you had lost your temper with them. You go, "Fuck!" I mean, there were people yeah. bullying me in the yeah, restaurant. Yeah. Why didn't weird, you step in and get them kicked out? It was oh, really man. weird. But they—you yeah, know—they yeah. just got—they were just—it was like lit kids, but they just kind yeah. of got overexcited about the idea of the man who'd been on TV four years ago. Yeah. In a restaurant, but also, that. also, you, you get like that, but then the second it's gone, you miss it. <laughs> <laughs> like, where are those guys? <laughs> my choice, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's me, my choice guy. No? Okay, fine. <laughs> you know. Well, it is because they forget, they forget very quickly. You've got to keep appearing on the telly. <laughs> That's why I've done all those sketch shows that no one watched. <laughs> Colin, really terrific comedian, character comedian as well as actor, brilliant guy. I think it'll be tough to beat the next guy, though. This guy is one of the nicest men you are ever likely to meet and also incredibly funny. He's been on with his pals from his podcast and then he came on on his own. It is Mike Bubbins. Um, look, I looked up uh, Barry Island. I, I saw you doing a, a funny routine about the Barry Island. Tread ghost, carefully, Richard. Straight. <laughs> we're gonna. We're, we've already gone into fourth call this series. I'll let you give you a chance to uh, mm-hmm. re- reply to Tanya Moore's uh, accusations. Um, uh, what does that say? Um, 
the, 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 these are the, the facts from, from Wikipedia. Um, facts. Uh, these are the main facts. It's got the second highest tidal range in the yes, world. Yes, my, my dad bangs on about that at every given opportunity. <laughs> Do you know which is the highest? Baffin Bay. Bay of Fundy is what I've got in Nova yeah. Scotia. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Um, so. Then there's not that much about Barry Island. There's one paragraph on... I'm going to knock your socks off now. Go on. There's one paragraph on Wikipedia with, with two facts. Mm. One is the ashes of Fred West were scattered there. True story. <laughs> True story. Uh, the second fact, in the same paragraph, mm-hmm. champion rollerblader Rich Taylor died there in a skating accident. Oh, God. Fred West, Fred West actually said that one of his few... I mean, it'll come as no surprise to any of us. He didn't have the best childhood in the world. Um, <laughs> said his only happy memory as a child was going to Barry Island with his, right. for holidays. So, yeah, he, he, left, he left. I mean, that doesn't seem right that he gets to... Che- he shouldn't be able to put no. himself somewhere that... No. He shouldn't be associated with it, should he? No, I mean, <laughs> we, we went over the moon about it together. <laughs> It's like a punishment for Barry Island. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did they mention that we were once the, the number one coal exporting port in the world? No. There we go. Didn't see that. <laughs> Didn't see that. Um, would you like to, uh, having, having had Porthcawl pulled apart quite badly by previous guests, mm. and I did nothing to defend the I place. like Porthcawl. Okay. Would you like to say some nice things about Porthcawl? Porthcawl, home of the world's biggest Elvis festival. Okay. According to their website. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've compared there many times. I've competed there many times. Yeah, of course. Uh, lovely part of the world. My, my dentist, Ken Chow. Um, <laughs> my previous dentist, yeah. Ken Chow. Oh, he didn't do these teeth? <laughs> no, not these didn't, ones. Didn't Don't tell Ken, for Christ's sake. <laughs> uh, that's where his practice is. Lovely. Rest Bay, beautiful Rest Bay just on the coast there. Gorgeous. Yeah. You can surf, you can play on the beach. Okay, is lovely that in Porthcawl or is that out? Is that away? It still counts as Porthcawl. Yeah. And in fact, here we go, check this. So Paul Robeson, you, you may or may not have heard of, yeah. uh, civil rights leader, uh, activist, uh, all-round good egg, uh, American football player, uh, polit- uh, politically inclined leader of the uh, various minorities in the 60s in the, in the, in the USA, uh, became a huge advocate for the Welsh coal miners back in the day. Right. Uh, used to do the uh, miners I said for from Porth Coal. Okay. And when the McCarthy-era government took away his passport for being a communist, he would radio in his singing performances for the miners at Porth Coal. Oh, wow. So in Porth Coal Pavilion, where I've played, where I've competed and lost Elvis <laughs> competitions, <laughs> there is a bust of Paul Robeson. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well, that's... There we go. There we go. I think we've... Shit hole, though. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I, again, from your podcast, uh, your recent podcast, I learned you've been uh, to the Hay on Wye festival oh. this recently. We've been every year, my wife and I, for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of our first dates. Was it? And apart from uh, COVID, when we got, we got the, we paid for the remote tickets right. on Zoom. Um, we've been every year, yeah. So this year was no exception. It's very nice there. Beautiful. Uh, and you got to see Michael Parkinson, who's uh, oh. I've hoped to get as a guest on here for a long time. Well, if you do, that would be fabulous, because he, he, was, he was amazing. What a raconteur. His life. His, so his new book that he was sort of promoting is, is about the sports people he's met in his life. But what a fascinating bloke. Yeah. And then we had two tickets. My son and I took him in to see... He didn't know who Parky was. He was the youngest in the audience by probably 50 or 60 years. Um, <laughs> but I said, mate, one day you'll, you'll thank me for this. 
you know, and he enjoyed it. And then afterwards, we, we had tickets to see somebody else. And I said, I've got to queue up. I never queue up. I've got to get him to sign the book. And we were probably an hour and a half in the queue. Right. Yeah, and we got to the front, and he, was, he couldn't have been nicer. And my son took a lovely photograph of, of him and I, and yeah, it was wonderful, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I mean, and now you're on this podcast with me, and in many ways... Same thing. Yeah, Michael, so, Michael no, There's my son, he's right there, look. I, I, yeah. yes. <laughs> Michael Parkinson of my generation, I would, I would say. I think, I think it's a decent show, mate. Decent yeah, show. Yeah, decent show. And he didn't, and he, you know, and he never thought to ask people if they'd ever tried to suck their own cock, so... Who's the best Not on interview? camera. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great anecdote, actually. So my friend Eggsy, from yeah. Goldilock and Chain fame, Yes. His old man is, is, a, is a lovely fellow called Mike, right? He played a lot of cricket. And I was talking about Parky on, online, and, and he got in touch, uh, Exy's old man, and said, I played wicketkeeper in a, in a celebrity cricket match when Parky was batting, because Parky was a very good cricketer, played county, sort of junior county cricket. And he said, Parky gets out first ball. Mike Rutledge stumps him first ball. He refuses to walk, right? <laughs> refuses to walk. Turns around and says to Mike, people have come here to see me bat, not you keep wicket. <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> I liked him even more after that. <laughs> He's a good guy, good Yorkshireman. Top man. And, uh, yeah, so I, I was... I, I've, had, I've got... I didn't really talk to him, but I saw him at the... We did a Morecambe and Wise festival in Harpenden, which him and Angela Rippon came and they did, they did a talk oh, together. Um, I mean, yeah, there's very few of those Morecambe and Wise... Yeah, increased... Glenda Jackson, we just lost, of course. Yeah, of the, course, the, Everyone yeah. associated with Morecambe and Wise. Yeah. Of course, it's a while ago. We're sadly losing them all. So Shirley Bassey's still with us? Yeah. At the time of recording. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's an amazing, amazing thing to say. But you know, he does, he's, not, what was he, 89, 90 years old now? I mean, yeah, he's, he's just come back from Dickie Bird's 90th birthday party. Oh, Eddie, wow. Yeah, they're still good mates. Yeah. Actually, they're, the cricketers are doing all right. Boycott, is Boycott still alive? I think he is, yeah. He is, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, they don't die. Lots to be said for a happy-go-lucky attitude, isn't it? <laughs> well, he would never get, you know, he would stay in the crease way after his time, wouldn't he, that yeah. guy? So, not surprised. Not surprised. Mike Robbins there. I also did their podcast, the uh, Socially Distant Sports Bar, whatever it's called. That was a lot of fun. If you want to check that out, that's somewhere online, I expect. Now it's time for a quick advertising break. Do remember to come and see one of my two-tier tours, or both of them, if you're crazy. Rahalastapa still carrying on through January, February, March, and I think that's the ends in March. And then um, I'm doing Can I Have My Ball Back gigs from January, and then the tour starts in May. Uh, RichTaring.com has details for all of that stuff. Anyway, time for some proper adverts, not just me trying to advertise myself. Uh, let's listen to those. Listen to them, and then we get a little, we get one P or something every time you listen, and then we can make you some more podcasts. So listen to the stuff, and then maybe buy the stuff, and then ring up whoever the company is and says, I only bought that because of Rich Terring, and then they'll advertise again. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. 
it'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Thank you very much to my kind sponsors. Um my Next guest from 2023, been trying to get her on the podcast for a long, long time, but finally she was worn down. She's uh, had some terrific success um, in the return to Doctor Who recently. Uh, it is, of course, Catherine Tate. All right, let's move on. We'll move on to Doctor Who, mm. which, uh, yeah, I thought there might be a few fans amongst my fans of Doctor Who. Um uh, there's some new ones. Are you allowed to talk about the new ones? There's some new ones coming up. I, I, not only can I not talk about them, I can't yeah. even confirm if I'm in them, and I okay. think the trailers have already been out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's three of them. There's some three new ones. There's and three you, new... Which you may or may not be in. Yes, no. With David Tennant. There's three one-hour specials. Yeah. Uh, I think they come out in November. It's quite interesting that you, you know, the, the, they... That you were only meant to be in one episode originally, right? You were only meant to be in the, the Christmas episode originally. Yeah. In the, in the, yeah when you yeah, first yeah. were on it. Yeah. Uh, and then it, it was the, were, they, were they, did they always plan to bring you back or did they just love you so much? Because well, you've got I, a very good rapport with David, yes. right? In which you've, you've worked with him on several things. Yes, but we hadn't at the not time. No, not before. We, we, didn't, we didn't even know each other. Um, but it was just, um, there was just a very easy rapport on set and on camera, I guess, and it just worked very well with the kind of relationship Russell had drawn between these two characters. But no, there was n- that, it was, that was it. You know, I, I said, thank you very much, I had a lovely time, and that was it. There was no, um, there was no plan at the time. And then, uh, uh, you know, quite a while later, I think it just planted a seed in Russell's head. And I, I think they, as I understand it, they, they didn't really expect me to say yes. Right. But just thought, oh, we might as well ask. And then I, and surprising for me, I don't, I don't know that I expected to say yes yeah. because I didn't expect the the question to be coming. So it's never in my mind would I ever would I ever go back and do Doctor Who because I just never thought that would be an option. And then I went out for what I thought was just a lunch to go, oh hi, do you remember when we did that? And 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 it kind of like dropped dropped the bombshell on me and said, we'd love you to come back to be the full time companion. And I I really do remember like. Hearing, you know that expression, like your jaw hits the floor, and I, I, I remember just properly not being able to know what to do with my face. It was, and I realised, oh gosh, I guess I really do want to do this. Cool. I mean, you weren't a big fan of the show. No, full disclosure, I'm not. <laughs> Are you a fan now? It's, it's not that I'm not a fan. It's that I, and I, well, I suppose I'm. 
no, I don't say I'm not a fan. That sounds horribly disingenuous. Do you find it a childish and stupid show? <laughs> that only if, that any, if an adult's watching it, they should have a real good look at themselves. Is that, is that what you're trying to say? That's not what I'm trying <laughs> okay. to say. I'm trying to say I don't understand it. Okay. It's probably not, not childish enough for me. <laughs> I feel that my comprehension is a bit too lowbrow for, for sci-fi. Right. Um, it, 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 it just baffles me. Yeah, it, I, th- I think Which Doctor I, Who's quite a complicated show, it but, it's, complicated but it's increasingly show. got complicated. I think I'm quite interested to see... I, I haven't really watched it recently. Because it got too, I got too confused by right. it. But I'm interested to see you guys come back if, if that ever were to happen. I, uh. yes, right. <laughs> I, I mean, th- this is how much I watch it. I had no idea they even carried on when David and I left. <laughs> <laughs> that was a game little choice, wasn't it? No, um, I, I, no, I'm joking, of course. But um, uh, yeah, it's 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 the most fantastic show to be part of. Sure. It's the most exciting thing. It's the, probably one of the most joyous jobs I've ever had. We, I genuinely love David. I love Russell. I love Julie and Jane and and Phil who who make the show, um, and obviously lots of new people now. Um, but I I can't say I could let you know what was going on. No, okay. I just That's don't. Fine. And and of course, you know. Fans want to ask, want to ask you, and I, I feel like I, I really disappoint them all the time, especially in America, where, and you know, in conventions, and you do panels and Q and As, and they're desperate to know what what the hidden meaning was in episode three, line six, and I'm like, oh, I couldn't tell you, love. I'm sorry, I just don't know. And I and yet I love playing the character, and I invest in the character, but I feel like she's like me. She is of the earth. Yeah. She's of the earth, which I think is what... That's what I say anyway, <laughs> when I say she doesn't know what these things are. She doesn't are. know what's happening. No. I did, when I have, we, I did like a tiny bit in uh, an audio adventure only. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and so you get to go to you know, signings and things. And the, the, the fans of Doctor Who are extraordinary, I think, because they love something without any self-consciousness. And I, and I absolutely admire it. I wish I, was as, I wish I had that level of being able to just go, this is what I like and I don't care right. what anyone thinks. You feel judged. I, I, You'd feel judged. I would feel judged if I, was, you know, yes. if I loved something that much. <laughs> so I, think they're, I, I genuinely think they're some of the best people in the world. But fuck, oh, uh... they're weirdos, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they certainly are um, the, the most loyal and lovely people. They are. They're fantastic. Catherine Tate there, and yeah, these two guys, I do recommend their book, The Warlock Effect. Uh, Also, everything they do turns to gold. They are absolutely terrific writers, and I think human beings, but, you know, I don't know them that well. Uh, Jeremy Dyson and Andy Nyman, they're also magic. Well, that's one of the things that's... that's We find it delicious, and hope, you know, clearly people have done, uh, is that within the magic world... It, there's a really um, there's there's so many sort of it is literally it's a whole there's a whole world a subworld of cu- the conjuring arts so magicians will go and create magic tricks and then go around the world and teach them lecture like this you know if this was a magic convention the magician stands here and he performs his tricks and then he goes into great detail about how they're performed and then you would buy either the 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 mechanism, the gimmick afterwards, or a booklet of tricks. And back in the 50s, starting a bit earlier, actually, but 
it's changed a bit now because it's so monetized uh, as a hobby and the world has changed so much. But back then, when you were buying a booklet of a magician's tricks, you really were buying their cabaret act. You were buying what they were... They weren't pipe dreams. They were going out... They were selling you what their living is. So within the book, The Warlock Effect, our novel, there is a book, The Warlock Effect, which is Louis's manual to magicians of his theories and how he performs tricks. And so within that, you are taught three or four pretty good tricks. And I say that as someone who creates magic and <laughs> loves magic. Um... But also there's a real insight into the thinking of the magician and how you take something small and turn a really small thing into a big thing um, through just shifting the words that you use or, and how that impacts on an audience. So it's a, really de- it's a really delicious world that I think giving the general public an insight into has been exciting. And are you allowed to do this? Because you're both members of the Magic Circle. I, I am a recent member. I saw this, yes. 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 So you've been inducted into I the Magic I was inducted, Circle. which, which uh, Andy kept as a secret from me. <laughs> he had been um, engineering things behind the scenes and we did an event uh, about three weeks ago at the Magic Circle and then they surprised me with my membership. I was allowed to forego... Uh, doing my performance, my exam. You still had to slaughter the chicken. <laughs> so that was... Uh, yeah. And is it everything you dreamt it would I'm, be in I'm, that magic I'm, circle? I'm not ashamed to say I wept. <laughs> you yeah, did, yes. it was lovely. Because yeah, it is a big thing. It's a really exciting... Uh, yeah, it's... Well, so the giving away of secrets is a really interesting thing because what you're not allowed to do... If I stood up now and expla- just gave away a trick, explained a trick, that wouldn't be okay. Equally, on you know, if it was on Saturday Night Takeaway, I just, you know, you just give it away. It's very different if people commit to buying a book, or if you go, so you can go out to Smiths and buy Smiths like it exists. You you can go and buy a book on magic at any bookshop on how to do tricks. That's fine because you're investing something of yourself, and that's also true of. The book, and we were very cautious about what we revealed or not revealed. Uh, a couple of the tricks that we've put twists on are public domain. Right. Uh, one of them, uh, the first trick that you are taught, is the oldest published magic trick in the world. It was the very first, one of the very first card tricks ever published, and it's it's a phenomenal piece of very simple misdirection that you know. Five minutes after reading it, you would be able to perform it. Yeah. Uh, so, so as long as it's done, it's, it's also about the spirit in which it's done. And the book is sort of our love letter to magic. Sure, no, it definitely comes across. And I think the other thing is that I'm increasingly fascinated by is this, that magic now is, is actually opening up in, as a whole new area of science. There's a guy called Gustav Kuhn, who's a British, uh, psych- I think he's a psychiatrist or a neuroscientist, Who's, who's, start, who's got a university department where he's, he uses magic and magic techniques as a window onto the mechanisms of perception and c- cognition. Right. Because it's like, it's like a map. You know, there's hundreds of years of magic the way they've mapped all the little flaws in human perception. And you can it's... sort of reverse engineer from it how, how the brain works and how it doesn't work uh, just by looking at magic tricks. And even deeper than that, the times that we live in where, where, where manipulation of truth 
seems to have become everything mm-hmm. uh, because of, of what's happened online. It, it couldn't be more current because that's so much of magic. That's how it works. It uses language, as Andy's already touched on, just careful changes of individual words can create an impression that you've seen something that you haven't seen. And so we, we were quite excited about the idea of building oh, yeah. a story around all of that because it, it seems very current. And, and then so there's great misdirection of setting it in the 1950s because it, it doesn't look or feel like now. Jeremy and Andy there. Uh, now we... I, I don't think a season of Rahalastapa, a year of Rahalastapa, will be complete without this guy taking part somewhere, somehow. I think he's been on ten times. He's interviewed me. I've interviewed him. They've not all been at the Leicester Square Theatre. They've not all even been Rahalastapas, Rahalastapas. But he's been there. He did episode 300 when he interviewed me. It is. And this was a terrific podcast. I think recorded in Wells. It's John Robbins, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think I've asked you... No, no, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I've asked you nearly any of the major major questions, but I haven't asked you if, if all the art galleries and museums in the world have I asked you this, got together... Because I can't believe this is such a good question, and I'm interested to hear your answer in this one. If they all got together, so we love John Robbins, we're amazed he stopped drinking for, like, two days. <laughs> <laughs> It's incredible. It's inc- we want to reward him, and he can take one thing out of any of the museums or art galleries in the world and keep it. Which thing would you like to own? It can be an artefact, it can be a painting, it can be oh, anything from a museum or art What a great question. Yeah. Um, there's two. Okay, so I'm going to allow you two. Um, Francis Bacon picture of... It's a kind of screaming head. It's a judge. It's a picture of a judge. Yes in a sort of clear, it almost looks like a glass box, and if the face is all distorted, I think it's absolutely incredible. Um, so that's like, old John wants that. <laughs> yeah. Um, How? And there's a Dali painting of the crucifixion on a, with a rose on a sort of cuboid cross. Does anyone know what the name of that painting is? We're in Wales. Broken Britain. What the fuck? <laughs> Come on. I mean, Wales has all its airs and graces. They go, oh, look at our beautiful cathedral. Look at our little oh. peasant's passage. We can go I think through. It, I think it might be called St John of the Cross or something, but it's a, yeah, it's a Dali painting of the crucifixion with the rose. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Those two. I mean, then I don't have to do any shows <laughs> if I've got those two paintings. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, I kind of want all of humanity to die out and just leave me so I can go and have my pick of paintings. Well, that's a... Oh, man. I went through yeah, thank a you. mad... Thank you. thank you, madam. You know, everyone else going... <laughs> I, see, I see Richard Sharon's backing genocide. Doesn't surprise, <laughs> doesn't surprise me for his own selfish... Thank you, madam, for understanding that there was a joke in there. Thank you. Well, before COVID, I had all of these fantasies of isolation. Yeah. You know, so end of the world fantasies. I'd play it in my head to help me get to sleep. And there's a... I did. <laughs> I did. I would, I would... This is how I would get to sleep. I would imagine opening my door to my house and there being no one on the street and walking down to Tesco and being able to get whatever I wanted from Tesco and I'd push the trolley all the way home... And then I would just, and then I would start to think about how long the alcohol would last before it went off. <laughs> so I've got like a year before all the cans of beer and cider go off, and then I move on to the wine, 
And then the wine's got about two years because 90% of wine is meant to be drunk within two years. Wow. Um, so, and then I have to sort of drink spirits for the rest of <laughs> my life. So you could see why the fantasy wasn't actually about... It was just... A, <laughs> I just wanted to have a drink. But, but um, I got into this uh, genre of literature called the cosy catastrophe. Right. Uh, so an example of that would be the Omega Man... Uh, which was remade into I Am Legend uh, film, or The Day of the Triffids, where it's basically people in very stressful sort of disaster scenarios, but they have a base level of comfort. So in Omega Man, the original with Charlton Heston, he's drinking like sort of Napoleonic brandy in his fort with all the vampires outside and the Mona Lisa is hanging on his wall. And it's that idea that everyone's gone. I mean, it's such a self-absorbed fantasy. It's literally everyone else on Earth dies apart from me, and I get to do whatever I want. Yeah. Um, but it is a, it's a thread that runs through a lot of uh, very popular sort of Netflix shows. Like The Last of Us is yeah. essentially that thing. You know, the, 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 the hideout that the, the, the couple have in Last of Us is that fantasy. The bunker in um, The Road that's full of all the tinned food. That is that feeling of warmth and comfort you get. But, you but know, it that... does require everyone else on Earth to die. <laughs> Whenever I watch those shows, like when I'm watching The Walking Dead, I just want a series where they just are all okay and they've got it all yep. sorted out and they just build the city again and there's no problem from uh, bad men or, va- or, or zombies. But that is what happens in The Last of Us, that those guys, <laughs> Ron Swanson and the guy from The White Lotus yep. get together... <laughs> <laughs> and then they live, they live a very happy life. I think that's, guys. the two best episodes of Last of Us are their episode yeah. Yeah. and the episode with the girl and her childhood sort of friend. Oh, yes. Where yeah, they've got awesome. that sort of, you know, youthful crush kind of tension between us. I think it's absolutely amazing. But then the main character, I thought, was just, I don't believe anyone's that grizzled. <laughs> I don't believe you can be that grizzled full time. So I didn't quite believe him. Fair enough. Thank you, John. What a guy. Very great to hear him talking so honestly about his life. Um, And similarly, someone else who's doing terrific work, uh, talking about their personal experiences. Uh, Always been one of my favourite stand-ups. I've seen, I think, nearly every single show she's done. I went to see her recent tour as well. I was in Northampton to see her show. But she came into London to talk to me. It's the phenomenal Bridget Christie. We have a fantastic guest for you uh, this week. She's probably best. You probably saw her on Sunday brunch, and you thought, "Wow, she's an overnight success." How she got on Sunday brunch? What's she done? Nothing else. She hasn't done anything else. That's all she's done. We're going to talk to her exclusively about Sunday brunch from last week. Will you please welcome from Sunday brunch? Is Bridget Christie? Here she is. Sunday brunch. You're on Sunday brunch. <laughs> Sunday brunch. Did you enjoy Sunday brunch? Do you know what? I've done it twice, yeah, and yeah. the first time was for Taskmaster. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'll wear the the Lee Clip, I'll wear that outfit. Yeah. And then um, I thought, oh, I'll just be, you know. And then people were really confused and freaked out by it. And then <laughs> it ended up in the Express, like and loads of like tabloid newspapers, like who, uh, and people thought that. They were doing, like, a funeral section on the show or something. But I didn't look like I was... Who wears a Lee Van Cleef outfit to a funeral? Oh, Somebody so- very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Yeah. And then... Just and that was... Reason. Oh, yeah. And then... Um, what's his name? Tim. Tim Lovejoy. 
Yeah, when I was on the sofa, they said, oh, get up and give us a twirl or something. I was like, I, I don't think I'll... <laughs> Did they? I'm like, 50 years old, mate. I'm going <laughs> to stand up and give you a fucking twirl. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then, um, uh, and then I, I went... all the people you could ask to give a twirl as well, Bridget. That is yes, great. he's obviously seen none of my work. <laughs> Goodness. Can you give us a twirl here? Why... <laughs> Did you give me a twirl? <laughs> and then I did yeah. it on Sunday. Yeah. And um, they didn't ask me uh, to do a twirl. Yeah. Because I, I just wore a normal outfit. Okay. And... Do you think maybe ooh. he just wanted, like, a chocolate bar, the twirl? You say, could you give me that? Was there a twirl? And you just misunderstood and you think Tim Lovejoy's very sexist. But he actually just really loves... Wants, like, wanted a some chocolate. Like, yeah. So nice. The twirls are nice. Yes. I don't eat chocolate anymore. No, I well I've well, tried vegan to give up. chocolate. I tried to give up, but I've really massively failed. <laughs> I was doing quite well and then I've just started I can't, I can't stop eating. Like I know a lot of people in showbiz have drug problems and take cocaine and heroin. They don't. Come on, they don't. A lot of people do. They don't. Or alcohol. No, that was like the 60s. Where, where are you? Like, well, I... You don't know any young people in show business. I don't business. know any young people. Young people in show business. Like, they're so... Help, like, they, they all go to the gym and... You know, the one... Ah, uh, God. Manifolds. <laughs> you know, the comedian... You need, the, I need more information than, you know, the one. You know, uh, he got Ed Gamble. wanking or something. Oh, Ed Gamble? No. <laughs> <laughs> He should have done. He got away with it. Uh, Joel, Joel Dominic. Yes. Yeah. Like, he's not no. d- um, eating. No, because he's wanking on the internet, isn't he? Spending all his time. He has got time to eat. Take drugs. He's all wanking on the internet and returning that into a successful career. I could have done that. I could have wanked on the internet. Why am I presenting The Masked Singer? I've wanked on the internet loads of times. <laughs> <laughs> on the internet. You were like, oh, what does that mean? <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, what was I going to say? What were we talking about? <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. Sunday brunch. Oh, you I, went I, on I'm, Sunday I'm brunch. addicted to, to uh, giant chocolate buttons. That's what I... <laughs> so that's my... So if, my, if the kids have an open pack of giant chocolate buttons in the, in the drawer... Yeah. I, for ages I could resist them, and now I can't resist them. What and I drawer? Just eat. They've got a kid, a kid, there's a kid's sweet drawer in our kitchen. That's a disaster. Yeah. Is so, it locked? And I go, no. Well, you're just going to, every night, big packs. when you're drinking and sad, you're just going to go to that... <laughs> I don't drink. I've stopped drinking. I haven't, <gasps> had, I haven't, what? Had, I haven't had a drink for two and a half years. You're joking. So I can stop drinking alcohol, but I can't stop eating So why buttons. did you say that everyone in show business is getting crazy? Because I'm saying, I'm saying I've got an embarrassing addiction, which is chocolate buttons. <laughs> not just little ones, but they have to be the big ones. I'm not a, I'm not a baby. <laughs> The kids have them in the house all the time. Yeah, you're a man. You have big buttons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The big ones are going, yeah. I will take you A kid couldn't even get that in their mouth. That's how many I'm the are. rock. I have slightly larger buttons than a weak so man that's would. Me. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've given up chocolate, though? I haven't given up chocolate, but I eat um, vegan chocolate. Oh, yeah. The best one is Vego. Is it? Well, my, my son's uh, <coughs> lactose intolerant, so there's vegan, there's vegan chocolate in the house. Luckily, I don't feel I <laughs> need to eat. <laughs> I tried a bit of it, it went good. I'm not going to get addicted to that. What are your favourite buttons, then? Uh, just, I like Cadbury's Cadbury's chocolates. Do you know about dairy farming? I do. I've tried, I, honestly, I've, I mean, I knew you'd turn it into a polemic event. Just, I knew just some fun would be 
stamped on eventually. The most sexist food that you can eat is, che- is cheese. Yeah. Because cows are pretty much... No, this is... Shall I not? It's too early. They're putting things called... No, it's going to go I've wrong, stopped, isn't it? Rape racks, that's what they're putting. I've, I've really... When you're sucking on your buttons, <laughs> you can think, this cat was... This cow was artificially inseminated by a farmer who probably looks like Jeremy... What's his name? Can't remember. Jeremy Beadle? Clarkson. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It must be difficult for him to milk them, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) He's got a little hand. A short... (laughs) Jeremy Clarkson, so that you can have some buttons. I don't enjoy the milk bit, I only like the chocolate bit. Is that all right? (laughs) (laughs) I have stopped... I have oat milk. And I've stopped, I've stopped drinking It doesn't milk. make any fucking difference. That does make some difference, because there's a lot of milk in milk. When you're, drinking, when, you're, when you're drinking milk, that's all milk. So if that's... Whenever I have a coffee or, like, a porridge, that's a big quantity of milk, rather than, oh, sorry for the little okay. drop of milk I've eaten in this pack of... I am sorry. So large quantities of, of milk, you would yeah. have... A, a, you would have... A, it's a little bit, it's fine. You just go... But just, you suck it out of the teeth. Thank you, Bridget. My next guest is a podcasting superstar doing way, way better than me at podcasting. You wouldn't believe how much money these guys are making. It's insane. And how many followers they've got and how many people they've got on Patreon. It's nuts. Uh, and deservedly so. It's Adam Rowe. I think I heard you talk about having a, if you're a therapist, you were talking I've about just podcast. started yeah. going to therapy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but as a comedian, I mean, I've always... Because I think most comedians are the same, right? I think most comedians... And that's why we recognise each other when we can talk to each other in any situation and you kind of just slot in and you kind of understand each other. But, you know, that's most comedians, right? We feel, like, super confident and super anxious. Yeah. Do you worry that by... Well, A, I feel like the comedy is the therapy a lot of the time. And yeah. I think you well, do, it has been for me yeah. for a long time. That's yeah. what Juicy is. Yeah. Like, some people are like, that's a bit vengeful, Juicy, isn't it? It's like... It's nothing to do with revenge, Juicy. I needed to tell that story yeah, yeah. to get, like, the closure on it. Yeah. I needed to just get it out because that was the therapy. But, like, yeah. I but do you, I... worry if, do you worry by having therapy officially that that might, you know, extract the, the comedy? I don't think so. We had, I had a conversation with my therapist last week <laughs> right. uh, when I had the last session. That's what we spoke about. Yeah. She was like, does everything have to be funny? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it does. Like, I told her a story about um, a family member of mine who was sort of in the middle of a mental breakdown. And I got a phone call going, they, they've gone missing. Uh, the, the mental health team came and assessed them. Yeah. And uh, they said to the mental health team, just give me a minute to gather me, because they were getting sectioned. Yeah. And they were like, uh, to the mental health team, go and stand in the front garden, just let me gather my thoughts and I'll come with you. And the mental health team went, okay. And then 15 minutes later, it was like, they're taking a while. <laughs> I went back into the house and the back door was open. Nice. And they were like, obviously, like jumped over the back fence and ran away or whatever, or gone out the back gate. So uh, my cousin rang me and was like, um, Uncle, insert name here, has, uh, has ran away. And the mental health, because I knew what was going on with the situation. And I was like, look, they can't have got far. Like, they're literally old and mentally ill and. Go and find them. And 15 minutes later, she rang me back and was like, we found him. And I was like, where where was he? She was like, he was behind the washing machine. (laughs) 
So this is how clever he'd got. He'd gone back, he'd opened the back door to make it look like he'd run away. Pulled his washing machine out, (laughs) got behind it, and then shimmied the washing machine back in. And my favourite thing about that story is, first of all, he got caught because he was just scrolling on Facebook. (laughs) And the light was, like, back and coming out the back of the washing machine. But when he got caught, he can't pretend he's doing anything else, do you know what I mean? Like, if you're in the cupboard, if you're hiding in the cupboard, you'd be like, oh, I was just getting a coat. (laughs) He was just a man behind his own washing machine. Um, and I told my therapist that story. She was like, that's horrific. I was like, it's hilarious. <laughs> and your audience agree. <laughs> it's dead funny. It's really yeah. funny. Um, and she was like, yeah, I, I think you need to sort of embrace sadness. And I was like, yeah, I just haven't got that instinct in me at all. Like, I'm sad initially when something happens, but as soon as I can make it funny, yeah. I make it funny. And I don't want that to change. No, but I think that's a, I think that's a good way to... Look yeah. at like you know that's what I you know when I when, that's exactly how I responded to having cancer was to like make the make you know there's a moment where you go fuck yeah and then there's a moment where you go okay right the yeah. way to get through this is positivity and laughing and seeing what's funny about it. Luckily, I had the funniest possible cancer in the, in the testicle cancer. Yeah. It's funny. It's the funniest one. Yeah. Uh, so it was easy, but uh, <laughs> but you know but that but that really th- got me through that first first year of you know just being able to laugh at it. Yeah. So, you know, and then you do have to deal with the stuff at some point. You have to kind of deal with the, well, with the trauma. Well, that's why I'm in therapy, because I don't think I've dealt with my mum's death. Yeah. I did an Edinburgh show about it. Yeah. But I don't think I dealt with it, especially because the Edinburgh show wasn't very well reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> if that was five stars and nominated, I think I'd, you know, I'd have cried. So, uh, uh, but yeah, it was an absolute... It was my debut, and it was a shit show. Yeah. Uh, what, a, what a waste of a dead parent that was. Literally... <laughs> I think there's too much pressure put on comedians <laughs> to use their dead parent show yeah. as their debut. Yeah. I think they should be advised, keep that for your third or fourth yeah, show. Definitely. You know what I mean? People think they're going to get best newcomer. You need to really hold that back for best show a few years down the line. <laughs> I wish I had. I actually thought at one point, of, after Juicy and the success of it and the feedback of it, I thought, you know what? What I could do, now that I'm a better comic, I could redo that Edinburgh show. Yeah that story completely differently and do that as this year's tour show. Because literally, I mean, I sold maybe like what, 30 tickets a day. So maybe 600 people seeing that. Yeah. Which is nothing, is it? So I was like, no one's seen it. I could just do that story again and like rejig it and make it a better show. Yeah. But I just, I, I think, I, again, I, I don't like telling stuff for too long. So I, I No, I think, I think, again, most comedians will feel that. Yeah. You know, some comedians will... I mean, some comedians you'll see doing the stuff they were doing 30 years ago and they haven't changed it at all. Yeah. But most comedians will get bored and want to do move know, on. Do you know the comics who've been doing the same stuff for as long as like, I've been going? Yeah. So I'm 13 years at the end of this month. Yeah. The comics who've been doing it that long, there's some of them that I really respect for it. <laughs> yeah. And there's some of them that drive me insane. Because some of them are like, yeah, you know, I, I was a bricklayer and I ate a bricklaying, so I got 20 minutes of uh, material... And it's paid me mortgage for 15 years, 20 years. And I just do that and I go to the pub. And I'm like, you know what? You're so sound. You're not in the way of anyone. You are literally, like, nailing it. You've yeah. got a 20-minute set. You've realised you can headline on that. Cool. You, no ambition. You do you. <laughs> yeah. It's the ones who've been doing it who are like, why have I never been on telly? It's like, <laughs> what are you going to do if they put you on? If you let's, let's say they ring you next week and they go, right, you're doing Live at the Apollo, you're doing Taskmaster, you're doing QI, you're doing What I Like, you're doing uh, Cats Countdown, you're doing them all the next two months. 
What are you going to do on tour? Where is this hardware going to fall out the sky from <laughs> when you haven't written a joke in 20 years? And yeah, the, the, the bitter ones who are still doing the same stuff can go fuck themselves. But the ones who are just really like, yeah, this is what I do. I know I've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's a good I've got a respect for that. It is, I agree. It's an interesting distinction as well, yeah. Thank you, Adam. And uh, again, someone I've wanted to get on the podcast for a while, did one of the Edinburgh podcasts. Um, she is very kooky and crazy and wonderful and just doing some fantastic work. You must go and catch her live if you can. It's Elf Lions. And let's talk about you being called Elf. Because I, I, I think I just always assumed you'd been christened Elf. Maybe no. by someone who, you know, no. liked, liked Lord of the Rings or something. Not at all, no. no. How did, how did you come by the name Elf? It was a yoga instructor. Okay. And I was working at the Forest Fringe and I was the door girl and I had to make porridge for people in the queue for Daniel Kitson. And I'd never met Daniel Kitson and I was really annoyed who this Daniel Kitson was. I was like, who organises a comedy show at eight o'clock in the morning? So all the volunteers have to make porridge for all the people in the queue. Why is everybody queuing to see this man called Daniel Kitson? And everyone's like, we get to go and see him. And I'm like, I'm not going to go and see Daniel Kitson at eight o'clock in the morning. I've been clubbing till 6am. I'm an 18-year-old. <laughs> so I made porridge for everyone in the queue and I'd do the door and I was you know we were, none of us were getting paid and it was at the Forest Cafe which is now the Assembly in Edinburgh it was such a cool vibe like you'd be there you'd be there at like 7 in the morning opening and cleaning everything up and then you just party until 6 in the morning and then you go and sleep somewhere for half an hour and then you'd do the whole thing again it was like amazing like the best month of my life at the Forest Fringe and I really that was my first Edinburgh experience and I was like wow the world is an amazing place <laughs> But there was a yoga instructor. And what I really enjoyed was that I used to get chatted up a lot because I was 18 and I was on the door. And, you know, I had really short hair. And I think, and I just, I, I'd never had been chatted up before because I'd always been the ugly one in my friendship group because I had red hair. And then suddenly I went into the real world and people did fancy me. And I was like, this is the best day of my life. I do believe in God. And because I was really religious back that time, I was questioning. And then honestly, the amount of times that I had a Good old pounds. Anyway, we can cut that bit. But the point is, I had a really lovely time. I was like, maybe God is real. Uh, but the point is, Zander came in. And actually, I did see him in a kink club recently, and he did really well with Bitcoin. But the point is, Zander was in the queue, and he looked at me, and he had, like, this Scottish-American accent. He was like, what's your name? I can't do accents. And I was like, oh, my name's Emily-Ann, but everyone calls me Eel, which was my school nickname, okay. Emily-Ann Lyons. And he's like, Eel, that doesn't suit you. You're more like an elf and I was like oh that's nice and and, that, and then he was like my name's Andrew and I was like oh like Buffy the Vampire set and he's like wow I've never met a girl like you before and I was like <laughs> I just slid off my chair and then and then Daniel Kitson was playing and he was like come up with me and there was an organ uh, upstairs on the upstairs level of this space where Daniel Kitson was performing anyway so Zander took me up there and we had a lovely time while Daniel Kitson was doing the show and then Zander was like made me wear these headphones in hindsight it was just really annoying but he was because like, I was actually starting to like what he was Daniel I was like oh it's interesting his use of wordplay and the way he's been down I don't want to pay attention and, and Zander was like no I want you to listen have you ever heard of Joanna Newsom and I was like no who's that he's like well I've never met a girl like you before I get it educate you and he's like have you heard of Bikram yoga and I was like no and he's like I'm a yoga instructor and I was like wow this man is so amazing and he made me listen to Emily by Joanna Newsom which is like an eight minute long song and then listen to that and then after that I was known as Elf and every time I tried to introduce myself and Zandra was there he's like no she's Elf now right. and so I sort of kept it I thought that sounded kind of cool so a predatory man <laughs> named you Elf 
and you've, you've decided to keep that as your name, as yeah. a sort of tr- a tribute to the way... Well, now you've retold it like that. <laughs> He's very happily married is now. He, good? he had a small stint as a doctor, and all I know is he doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> Oh dear! What a what a wonderful world we live I'm in. I'm really worried how this is going to come out. <laughs> I always feel this. I always talk, and I'm always like, I'm not. I don't think I'm saying too much information. And then occasionally I listen back to the podcast. I'm like, oh dear, why did I talk about my bowels? Don't, <laughs> don't listen back to it. We'll talk about your bowels in a second. <laughs> I'm going to ask. I'll ask you an emergency question. It was it was a very interesting story. It, but you no, know, I think it is. You know, like that's. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's interesting. I think that's an, an interesting about a, a teenage woman, you know, where you where you were. You know, I met you when you were nineteen, and you know, you, I can you were a very sort of magnetic personality, and so, but you were obviously had a kind of low self esteem, and so. Um, I mean, of course you do. Yeah. Like, you're the only girl at most of these places, yeah, and yeah. you're still trying to find your tribe. And then most of the tribes were much older men. Yes. And and they were lovely. Like so many. Like that's the lovely thing about the comedy world, or. That's sort of what I think is a really important part of it that we should keep is it's the idea that you were all the kids who didn't have a place to sit at the table at lunch and then suddenly you become the cool kids who have the table. But unlike before where you reserve all the chairs, you always have the chairs sat open so anyone can sit up if they want to. And I always liked that about Edinburgh, about the comedy world. And I really like it now. It's why I love travelling to different countries to gig. Is that There's always that feeling of... You can walk into a room of comedians and you don't know each other. You might not all speak the same language, but we all know that at some point we weren't invited to sit at the table. And then there's always like that, oh, come and join. Like that is, I really love that mentality. And it's something I think is really special. That was Elf. Um, She isn't in the film Elf. I think she should do a poster where she's does dresses up as Will Ferrell and calls her show Elf. But, you know, she's got better ideas than that, so luckily she's not going to pay any attention to me. The last guest for this third part of our look back at 2023. Uh, one of the great quizzers, one of the great comedians, what a great guy. It's, again, from one of the Edinburgh Fringe podcasts. It's Paul Sinha. Is there, talking of the Fringe, I wanted to ask you, is there anything you, is there anything you always do when you're at the Fringe? Is there a, is there a, either a place you always go or a or a, a restaurant or an, or something that you always do or do you there's a lot of things i always do i always go to palmyra at six in the morning at least five times there's a kebab shop on nicholson street called palmyra that, that is that stays open unfeasibly late right and there's uh we, we don't get that in london and it's just nice to do it um Dishoom, which yes. is an Indian restaurant in uh, St Andrew's Square, yes. does simply the best breakfasts in Edinburgh, full stop. And it's 20 quid, but it's 20 quid fantastically well spent. Uh, do other things I always do, uh, wonder where the reviewers are after two weeks, <laughs> w- with, without fail, have a moan about somebody I think is shit that's got a five-star review somewhere. <laughs> that, that's very much a rite of passage. Uh, um, go, who the fuck are these people when they announce the nominations? LAUGHTER uh, uh, it's different every year, and if I'm being honest, I do less every... Uh, 2018 was the first year that I went with Parkinson's, although I didn't know I had Parkinson's at the time. Right. Uh, and it was the first time that I felt tired during the run. It was the first time that I wasn't going to millions of shows left, right and centre. It was the first time I was choosing to stay in rather than go out. And it was, get, it was great to get diagnosed as I knew what was going on and I could make, make, make further plans. Yeah. But I'm not the human being I was in 2017, which is the last time... I turned up to Edinburgh and lived it 110 
percent. Yeah. And as someone who's been to the Edinburgh Edinburgh Festival a lot, lot over the years, you'll know that it changes. I first went in two thousand and one as part of the Big Value Comedy Show. At twenty five nights, I got drunk twenty three nights out of twenty five, yeah. and didn't even feel a hangover the next. Didn't even feel anything remotely resembling a hangover the next day. Now, if I get drunk once. It's three days before, I'm back, before I feel back, back, back to normal again. Of Age, the passing of the years, the, the, the expansion of the Edinburgh Fringe into something genuinely massive, whereas before you used to be able to meet the same people again and again and again and bump into them. Now it's, you, you can have your best friend there. You don't see them for the entire month. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's, a, massive, it's a massive thing, and you have to pace yourself. And that, yeah. That's the way it is. But I think if there's one thing that I do every year is take friends to breakfast at the shoe. That's a nice idea. That's good. I found, you know, I've just found... Every, I think the constant thing for me is there's at least... In every one, I think, there's at least a couple of days and sometimes quite a lot longer than that where I'm just actually depressed, like properly miserable. Do, do, if you're do, not, you're not doing it right. Okay, I mean, good. good to know. People say to me, uh, uh, why do you not you don't do a shorter run? Yeah. I want to suffer. I love the... Ma- <laughs> I, I don't feel you're truly part of the gang unless you're feeling depressed and you're, you're suffering. And for me... A full run is part of the masochism of doing the fringe. I want to do 20... It's a really weird thing, Edinburgh, because it's obviously too long. But anything less than that is not long enough. There's there's no correct answer to how long a fringe festival should be. And if I turned up and only did two weeks, I'd hate to to leave. And so I'd choose the masochism option of being there every, every single day of the fringe. That's how I do the fringe. And if it's a failure, so be it. Yeah. It's interesting that, you know, that it is, it is a very mentally arduous month and comedians are quite brittle and breakable uh, and yet everyone sort of still manages to get... I mean, they, I think there is a masochism element in it probably for everyone. They all basically get through it, it seems. Yeah, you know, can you imagine getting through the arduous process <laughs> of an hour's work every day? <laughs> <laughs> It's it's not that it's you know but it is it is it is a it's a because it because you're worried about ticket sales you're worried about the money yeah, you're losing become, yeah, you're worried about other people getting better reviews you're worried about other well, people getting a better career so it's you know you're constantly in your because you're in your in this little bubble of your own show you are you know you I think it's there's a lot of pressure on there on it the does no in, in all honesty it does become all consuming uh, and it, and it's and it's tough but you've got to remember that it's although it is tough. It is an amazing city. It is an amazing festival. It is a genuine privilege to be there. And every person who's, on a, who's paid money to watch you do your thing, wanging on about whatever it is that you're interested in for an hour, these, these people fund, fund your life and should be treasured uh, as the people that took a chance on you. There are so many positives at the Edinburgh Festival yeah. that people forget about because of the negatives. The negatives won't ever go away. It's corrupt, it's badly run, it's too big, it's too expensive. The hotel... You know, I looked the other day to find out what... If I wanted to get a hotel on Wednesday, August the 16th, what the cheapest room I could get. £338 in an Ibis Styles hotel. <laughs> no, none of the things that are wrong with the Edinburgh Festival will ever, ever improve. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, nobody's got... Too many people are making money from it for it to ever get better. Once you accept that fact... Go in to try and make the best that you can of the of, of the festival, and I'm really really lucky to have a husband who loves comedy, and therefore for us it's in many ways our big month away as husband and husband. Yeah, it, it, we're living the festival, 
If I was still single, I'm not sure I'd ever do it again. <laughs> it's a good place to meet people, though. True. If you are single, I mean, not for probably long-term relationships, though. No. <laughs> but, you know, for 30 short-term relationships, <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty good. I, I, I do recommend, if you're batting for my team, that Carlton Hill is a very good place for extremely short-term relationships. <laughs> Well, I wish I'd known that before, because it's been Edinburgh's where I've been sad and lonely enough to, <laughs> to consider that. So, uh... <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> just, the, just the touch Great of Great advert for the thing. Edinburgh Festival. <laughs> Edinburgh Festival, you could actually reverse your entire sexuality. <laughs> Not the entire one. Um, <laughs> always been a bit in there. Um, and, uh, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> a little bit in there. That's the third of these compilations complete. Thanks to everyone uh, who put them together, mainly Ben Evans. He is a fantastic young man. I'm going to give him a big kiss next time I see him right on his Welsh mouth, whether he likes it or not. Oh, no, I'll ask that. You have to consent. With his consent. Right on his Welsh mouth. Uh, Anyway, thanks to everyone involved. And uh, do come back tomorrow if you're listening to this on the... 28th of December. It's the 29th of December. That's Christmas. That's New Year's Eve, 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 I think. Uh, so we'll, it's, things are getting exciting. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye. <laughs>